Jacob, we uh, have been talking about this for quite a while, and uh, I'm very happy it's uh, finally actually happening. We're doing a pod. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, it took yeah. us a while, but uh, now we're here. It's uh, it's gonna be. I'm, I'm I'm excited. A little bit nervous, but uh, it's gonna be a lot, a tons of fun. I think. I think so as well. And uh, I mean, we've been friends uh, f- and business partners now for ten years ish. So yeah, just over. I think. Yeah. I guess we have uh, well, quite you, a lot you to talk about. Stole me in the bar, <laughs> two thousand and seven, I think, and then then we became business partners, uh, <laughs> two thousand eleven, twelve, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, uh, welcome everyone to the Bartender's Choice podcast. My name is Jacob Sandin, and with me I have my dear friend and business partner Michael Bergstrom, and we are going to be your hosts today. Uh, since this is the first episode, we thought it's uh, a good idea to start to let you guys uh, know us somewhat better. So, I've actually prepared a couple of questions that I'm going to ask you, Michael. Ooh, okay. So this will be sort of a, uh, a Q&A session just to, yeah, as I said, to to let the listeners get to know us somewhat better. Alrighty. Uh, Should I take it away? Take it away. <laughs> Great. Okay. We're going to start pretty easy. So... You don't have to be that nervous, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Full name. Just Michael Bergstrom, actually. My my parents couldn't agree on a second name or a third name or a middle name, whatever you call that. It's just simply Michael Bergstrom. Okay. None of that. Fair enough. <laughs> Short and sweet. Yep. Age. Uh, oh, <laughs> I shouldn't be uh, on that, but uh, 43. 43. Hitting a strong 44 in March. Wow. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> for what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, where do you consider home? Oh, um, I'm, a, I'm a northern soul. Uh, I was born and raised up in, in Umeå, a small town north of Stockholm by the coast. Just so like I'm just like me, just like you, exactly. We'll, we'll probably get to that uh, in a bit. But uh, some home is the north or Umeå is uh, considered home. But uh, I mean, I've been living in Stockholm for twenty years now, twenty twenty two years. So I mean, Stockholm is home. Every every time I travel and I come home to Stockholm, I, I feel that I'm I'm very very much home. And then I'm half. My, my mom is from a small island outside Stockholm called Gotland, which is where I spent most of my summers uh, growing up. And uh, she lives here today, and, and my two sisters live here as well. And so that's very much home as well. So, mm-hmm. well, I got three homes, I guess. Three homes in Sweden. Uh, yeah. And then yelling up. <laughs> <laughs> Down under, Australia. Down under, yeah, yelling right. up beach. That, that's where I'm going to end up. All right. Okay, cool. And in, in, the, sp- in, the, s- in the spring, you're also going to end up... Uh, not all the way down in no, Australia, but uh, a bit further down south in Europe, in Paris. Yep, true. So, okay, five, five homes. Five homes, yeah, soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll give Paris a shot. We, we are going to relocate there in April, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, going to give it a good two, two, three years. Yeah. And then we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Nah, that's that. going to be amazing. I mean, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful city. I, I didn't really like that city from the, the first times or the... F- first couple of times I visited, but uh, it, it actually grew very strong on me, so 
uh, now after I don't know 12 13 times down there uh, I really really enjoy that city. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a beautiful city cool no I can't wait for for uh, you guys to people. relocate so I have uh, uh, even better reasons than before to to come down and visit oh, right. and explore the doing. city even <laughs> more okay um what languages do you speak? I mean, per- perhaps before you answer that, maybe I can just uh, flick in real quick that uh, English is not our uh, first language. Uh, Swedish is. So hopefully all you listeners, uh, sorry about the uh, our broken English, but hopefully uh, you understand what we're saying at least. So uh, what languages do you speak? <laughs> uh Fairly good English, I would say. Uh, Swedish, of course. Uh, and uh, currently I'm, I'm taking French classes because, uh, as the fact we're going to move to Paris uh, with my family, I will very much like to be able to help our little son with his homework mm-hmm. since he's going to start uh, his French school when he, you know, in, in, in France they start school when they're three. So he's probably gonna. So he's probably gonna come home uh, uh, with homework. Uh, not maybe the first year or second, but 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 when he's five, five, six, he's gonna homework. He's gonna, gonna like, start yeah. teaching you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, he will, he will. I mean, we'll, we'll have to teach his, each other. But uh, I would be uh, glad if I gave myself a chance to help him with his homework. Oh so yeah, I'm, I'm currently okay, taking French enough. lessons. I'm gonna intensify them after Christmas. Mm, cool. All right. <laughs> that's uh, we, we, we. okay that's uh, that's super super interesting and uh yeah please let me know if if you need any help with uh, the homeworks and i'll i'll uh, i'll do my best to to punish you <laughs> <laughs> um all right uh that's uh that's the the easy part uh in terms of the questions Ooh, okay um so now you need to dig a little bit deeper in the archives i guess what's your this is like who wants to be millionaire exactly no, level two and okay. you have three lifelines so you right. can call you can call me you can uh you can uh yeah whatever those lifelines are <laughs> uh what's your greatest ever experience in a bar Wow. Uh, so if, like, let me put it this way, yeah. you're, is there... That's a big question. Yeah, it's it's a very big question. But w- would you say that there's any particular visit to a bar that sort of, that you goes back through and that reoccurs in your mind that you sort of, you know, you know, mentally revisits from over the years, from time to time, like... Has there been any any magical visits that just stuck with you? Oh yeah, th- there's been so many. I don't even know where I should start. But uh, th- to be honest, like the, the first time I went into Milk and Honey on, on in New York in uh, on Eldridge Street, uh, that made a massive impact on me because it it, it uh, kind of fulfilled all the expectations I had, and they were they were fairly high expectations. Uh, of everything that I heard about this bar, and uh, this was back in two thousand and four. That's when I started working in the <laughs> restaurant industry exactly. up north. That's, so, when, okay. that's when I peaked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I mean uh, that's something I remember very, very strongly. I was I was by myself actually, and uh, I was walking the street back and forth, and I couldn't really find the place until uh, someone uh, opened the door and came out on the street for for a cigarette. 
and uh, it was 2004, was it 2005? Oh, it doesn't really matter. He came out on the street and he uh, lit a cigarette and he saw I was looking for something and he's like, hey, are you looking for, for the bar called Milk and Honey? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, hey, it's actually here, but don't expect any buzz. Don't expect any, you know, like super fun times or chicks at the bar, you know, or socializing with the other, you know, it's, it's, it's fairly boring to be honest. And okay, like, so he didn't really no, like no, the he, place. Uh, I mean, he did. I mean, I'm sure he didn't really know what he was getting himself All into right, when he worked yeah. into a bar. But uh, no, it wasn't what he expected. Okay, but yeah. uh, uh, but for me, when he told me that, uh, he's, I was like, oh wow, this is this is the place. Yeah, like, this is exactly <laughs> what. <laughs> perfect. And I came in and I was like, uh, yeah, it's uh, one of those wow moments when when time kind of stops and yeah. you walk into the bar and you know everything kind of goes into slow motion almost. But uh, that was a magical moment. But that must have been great to be there by yourself as well, since sometimes that actually uh, adds to the experience because you don't have anyone, you know, interfering with it. So you no, can just take you're, everything you're in distract, yourself. Not distract, but you're not like uh, communicating with someone else. That takes away the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Like you, you when, when you're traveling by yourself, or you're going to bars by yourself, or you, you tend to like uh, take in a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. uh, which was or is uh, a very cool thing. I'm not saying I don't like <laughs> hanging out with people. I love to experience things <laughs> with my friends, of course. But uh, but uh, no, at the time I was by myself. And um, a few years before that, to 2001, also in New York, uh, I visited a friend uh, called Jimmy. He was at the time the uh, the manager at, uh, or he was a sommelier at uh, the Swedish restaurant Aquavit. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was visiting him for a week, and uh, I mean in New York, you know, he he can't just be off a whole week, but he it took a couple of days off. But uh, some of the days he was working, but he could get off earlier, and so we could enjoy uh, the city and, and have a, a few drinks and, and glasses of wine and then a late dinner. But uh, so I was by myself for a few days, and uh, of course uh, with my with my aim to visit as many bars as I could. Uh, so the first time I visited the uh, Rainbow Room. Wow. Uh, Rainbow Burn, yeah, uh, on the top of the Rockefeller. Okay, uh, yeah. That's a place I've never been. So. Oh, you've never been? Okay, no, no, no. cool. I mean, that was the, the kind of the heyday when, you know, uh, 2001, uh, we're still, you know, amazed by the, 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 the cosmopolitan and the story, but the cosmopolitan, the flaming orange peel and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, uh, so that was the first time up there. I, I still had the receipt from that visit. Uh, I ordered a old fashioned and a Manhattan. I actually never ordered the Cosmopolitan. <laughs> <laughs> you just saw them making them, shaking them, yeah, and yeah, flaming exactly. them. And I, I got, I, I, I got to say, you know, the, when you visit a bar, you always want to say by the bar. Or yeah. I do. Yeah, me too. I, I of love, like, you know, uh, sitting by the bar and watching the uh, the uh, bartenders, the uh, action close the, to the ring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the artists working yeah. the bar, yeah. but. Uh, of course, when you're on top of the rock, Rainbow Bar and Grill, uh, you kind of want to sit by the window as well because then below you, you, you have the whole down or midtown and downtown Manhattan laid out under you, which is an amazing view mm. and it makes you feel uh, majestic in a way. Yeah. Uh, so I got one of those round, small uh, brasserie kind of a bistro tables by the by the window and uh, I ordered those drinks and uh, I just enjoyed myself for an hour and that, that was a special moment as well. I can imagine. Did yeah. you feel that you were 
the king of the world, on top of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. 100%. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. I actually, myself, a memory that keeps on uh, reappearing in my mind is also, it's not from Milk and Honey, but it's a Sasha Petrosky bar, and that's uh, when I went to Little Branch the first time. And it this, did have, Sasha did have a massive impact on Oh, this, right? yeah. Huge. And just, you know, everything from, from uh, walking up to the door, uh, with the uh, with the doorman, he was very friendly, but we had to to wait in line. And the place it doesn't look like nothing; it's just a very what, what anonymous this? door. This is probably um, uh, in the winter of uh, two thousand and eight, I believe. Right. And um, you know, then eventually getting in, walking down that narrow stairs to the bar. Uh, we had to wait a little bit by the bar, but you know the the uh, the uh, the scents uh, from from the uh, from the candles and and the oil lamps and just you know to to it hear is a special yeah to hear the bartenders and watch them you know smack the ice cubes and shake stir um, and that was pretty much the first time I saw a different type of ice program uh, yeah and I remember uh, uh, one thing I clearly remember from Milk and Honey and Little Branch uh, f- uh, further up I uh, the sound of the shakers were different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And they they shook the drinks so with with such energy, and they they shook them like vigorously, and uh, uh, you know, with with a yeah, I would say a different energy that was very inspiring, and uh, just yeah. I was I was uplifted to to see that, and it was like eye opening, and to me that was you know uh, a huge moment where I s- sort of understood that okay, so that it felt like I almost was on a on a on a different planet, uh, just understanding that oh shit, so J- Jake, on planet I, I, Earth I, I, this is also possible to like places Jacob, I, like this. I feel that you're on a different planet all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> let's not. Let's not go into that, but um, okay. Um, are you for or against double straining? Uh, uh, oh, that's a... <laughs> I hate that question. No, it depends. I mean, uh, I'm for, for it. I'm not against it. Uh, I, I have the answer for you. <laughs> okay, give me the answer. <laughs> okay, so you are—I'm uh, speaking uh, for you, but out of my own opinions, I guess. So <laughs> you're against double straining, but to be able to be against double straining, I guess you need to to uh, prep your ingredients and the setup of the bar, etc., to be able to not double strain the drinks. Uh, and I'm talking about ice uh, ingredients, etc. So of course, and even the the actual shakers and the the strainers. Um, so you need to use the right type of ingredients and uh, ice cubes to to allow you to not double strain the drink, if that makes sense. So you need to go a couple of steps ahead. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. 
But, but we just mentioned Milk and Honey and, and Little Branch mm-hmm. and, and uh, talking about the double strain thing. I know th- these guys, they don't double strain. That's true. Or that's kind of their philosophy to not double yeah. strain. Like they, they they shake it and they, they strain it like in a way that where you don't need a double strain. Mm. But I remember, because uh, I did a, a couple of hours behind the bar uh, at both uh, Little Branch and... and uh, Dutch Kills, which is also a, a kind of a Sasha, or it is a Sasha Barber <laughs> owned by Rich Bacata, but it's a it's a within that kind of a milk and honey. Oh honey, yeah, uh, ver- very much. A uh, little branch and, and yeah, they open it together. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Philosophy, but uh, so what, what Rich did is that he took the actual you know the spiral from a Hawthorne strainer, mm-hmm. and it he had two strainers, and he took the spiral from one and added it to the second one, mm-hmm. or to the other one. So yeah. he, he kind of had a a double straining spiral thing in, attached to the actual one one strain. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. So, would you consider that double straining? Uh, no, but that's one of the uh, the the. Uh, or just a a bar that, hack. That's a bar hack. One of the one of the uh, preps that you need to to do to reassure yourself that you don't need a fine uh, strainer. Okay. To, so, to am I against or? You're what? against it. I'm against. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Fair <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, cocktails paired with food, yes or no? Oh, this is something we discussed a lot as well. Um, for a starter, for a dessert, yes. For a main, fuck off. All right. <laughs> what What about the, uh, let's say, uh, uh, uh a steak, a three martini lunch. Uh, I mean, uh, would you do the three martinis before the lunch, or could you down them as okay, you I'll, eat uh, the steak? That's a fair question. I guess the concept of three martini lunch is that you, you drink martinis all the way through. Mm-hmm. But that's a different, con- you know, like that, that's a oh, that's a different story. It's <laughs> a is. side thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. its own concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to like if you're doing the three martini lunch, you're doing the three martini lunch. There's mm-hmm. no question about mm-hmm. it. Uh, you don't let anything else interfere except maybe potentially water. But uh, no, but when it comes to, I mean, I I actually enjoy working when I mean, we do uh, a fair bit of uh, cocktail paired dinners, mm-hmm. etc., which is quite fun to work with chefs and and find uh, cocktails that actually work with the, the dishes. Uh, but uh, in general, I I, I, I would say I, I, I do like I, I can enjoy a drink with the starter. All right, maybe it's because it's a little bit easier sometimes to yeah to make cocktails for a starter, mm. and uh, then for me, I, I would enjoy a fine glass of wine. But uh, and desserts is a little bit easier as well to balance, you know, depending on the sweetness and, and etc. and the richness of the dessert. Yeah, uh, it's a bit easier to 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 balance that with a with a digestive for a. a dessert cocktail but uh i'm not against it but uh, uh i prefer not to do i mean oh, I, it's, I, it's I, a long answer it, on a short question but i know but when, when it's done really well if a, if a, a super duper bartender with uh, massive skills when it comes to flavors and you know uh uh, pairing with food, mm. uh, even working with a chef and, and maybe potentially a sommelier as well that mm. can help on the way since sommeliers actually, this is what they do. Uh, that would be, I, I would love an experience like that when 
uh, a proper uh, cocktails or really weighed, really well made balanced cocktails that is going so well with the main course whatever the main course is uh, that would be a cool experience mm-hmm. uh, but in general no okay yeah it's uh, I don't want to s- sound too uh, uh, what do you say uh, old, old fashioned or tr- traditional oh you are you or are. conservative no, Jacob, but you are. Just okay it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I I I sort of agree with you but I also think that if you want to have like for brunch I think it's cocktails are could be incorporated much easier into the because you need them you need a quick fix exactly <laughs> and like a bl- good bloody mary with a burger um true is is beautiful but D- depending on the drinks uh, as well of I guess. course uh but i think uh for me i i would say yes to having cocktails and drinks with food but i, I don't like the idea so much of having them paired with the food, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> I mean, I c- the ind- individualistic way of like, if someone orders whatever they feel like to a certain dish, that's like, okay, cool. You go go with that. That's perfectly fine. But the, the themed, um, you know, pairing, that's what I'm a, a tiny, slightly bit allergic to. I hear you. <laughs> um, okay. Next question. Um, mm-hmm. So this one, it could be a bar which is still open or it could have closed, but what would you consider your favorite bar of all time? Oh, that's another really broad, big question. But uh, I, I really miss Dutch Kills. Not we're, we're, not like, not we're, miss as it's currently no, 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 closed no, 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 just no, no, because just the, fact the fact that we, that we can't can travel exactly we, we can't travel and uh, we were supposed we, we had a great fucking year planned ahead of us uh, uh, in in January and uh, everything just went away sadly uh, as it did for everybody else or for a lot of other people but uh, what uh, what we had a uh, plan which is was uh, <laughs> which I was really excited about was that fact that we were going to New York uh, three times yeah and all of that uh, just went away uh, so I really miss I, I yeah I miss New York as a city it's one of my favorite cities in the world but uh, I do miss Dutch kills and Dutch kills is one of my favorite bars in the world uh, yeah with, with all the factors included mm-hmm. <laughs> in interior atmosphere location uh, of course the cocktails drink service feel uh, ice, <laughs> mm. uh, all of that. Uh, yeah. Do you do you have any? So that's uh, I. That's also one of my absolute favorite parts in the world for sure. Um, but do you have? Since that bar is, I mean, it's celebrated ten years, so it's been around for a while. And ten years in New York is is very impressive, of course. Uh, but do you have out of the, let's say, you know, the iconic classic bars that's been around for more than 40, 50 years, perhaps? Do you have, is there any one of them that really stands out to you that you're more connected to than, than some other? Uh, I'm not sure more connected, but I, I, I do love the, 
the King Cole Bar. Mm-hmm. Old Regis, New York. Yeah, old yeah. New York, St. Regis Hotel. Uh, just because of, I know the, the fact that that was one of the first kind of a uh, the, the old luxury hotels or hotel bars that I, I obviously went there for a reason. I went there to visit the King Cole Bar. Uh, I just I, I didn't accidentally walk in to the hotel. You know, uh, I went there because of the the history of of uh, of uh, the, the impact in the cocktail history that they've made through the Red Snapper and, and uh, Bloody Mary, etc. All of that, but after the first, I, I knew the first time I visited. I mean, the drinks weren't going to be exceptional, you know. There were so many other great bars, but uh, uh, in the city. But uh, I, I just tended to come back every time I went to New York for for quite a while because I, I loved the the atmosphere and the, the th- kind of the theater of the bar and all the regulars and uh, you know it's just the showmanship, you know, and the, and the the vibe. Yeah, that I thought was really really cool, and uh, well, I mean, there's so many other bars uh, to be mentioned, but uh, that that's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we've been fortunate to be having done some work in the, in Venice as well through the Biennale, yeah, uh, arts fair every second year. Uh, I was actually just thinking about that. <laughs> I mean, uh, the first time and the, the second time and the third time, and how many times have we been there? Mm-hmm. Three, four, yeah, three, something four. like that. But every time, anyways, we've been going to uh, Harry's bar. Oh, yeah, of course. Enjoying Otherwise, a Bellini. Yeah. Uh, if you don't go to Harry's bar in, while in Venice, you should be penalized in some way. <laughs> True that. I mean, th- 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 I mean, the first time I walked in, the, I mean, we've seen a lot of pictures, and and these days with Google and uh, and uh, everything, I mean, you can almost experience. <laughs> Uh, the bar a little bit, of course, not the, the real thing, but you know what I mean. You can see the pictures. You you, you have like a a, a, a picture of what what's uh, what were you getting yourself into when you walk into the bar. And uh, but uh, the first time I, I was blown away was the 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 history, the uh, the atmosphere, and you can really sense that it's been around for a long time. And the old men working the bar, and yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a very special moment. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Okay. Good answers. Um, who who would you consider the coolest or greatest guest you've ever served? Oi. Uh, uh, we did. This is. Uh, let me think. This is the year when the Giants won Super Bowl down in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. What year was that? Oh, you tell me. Anyways, so I was lucky to work uh, for a brand called Cape North Vodka back then. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're they're around anymore, but they had a distribution deal with uh, Budweiser, so they flew us over to to Phoenix to the Super Bowl. And we did a, a massive pre-party like the day before Super Bowl, uh, the Victoria's Secrets party actually. And uh, I mean, there was tons of celebrities, and, and it was a, a super busy night. And we we prepped all day, and then we divided us divided ourselves into the two big bars uh, together with the the staff of the venue, and we uh, just uh, yeah started service and and went along and. Uh, as I said, it was a, a lot of celebrities and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, it's a 
it's a it's a free party, you know. It's free booze flown from the bars, uh, which is always a special, a kind of a special service, you know. You yeah. just, you just need to get everything out, and you just put it exactly. in some machinery. It's a it's a factory, and then you're trying to keep the quality uh, at a high uh, at a as a high level as possible with the drinks. Of Depending course. on how thirsty the guests are, also yeah, sometimes yeah. they snatch the drinks from the bar before they are actually yeah, yeah, even which, done. Which but is <laughs> annoying, but so we had to set up like a line, you know, like somebody's starting the drinks and somebody's icing drinks and somebody's putting uh, mm-hmm. garnish on the drinks and go out. Anyway, I, I one time or a time during the party, I remember I was serving uh, twice. I did actually. Uh, we we had a. I think we were serving Ivy Fizz's, like a kind of a vodka mojito-ish, mm. uh, Collins-style drink that we pre-batched fairly easy to get out fast as well. And um, uh, I can't remember his name. Like the the the, the big dude from uh, 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 oh, kid in the, in the Green Mile. In the, the Green Mile. Yeah. Thank you. That big dude. All right. He stood. Uh, hence the fact he's so f- bloody huge. Uh, he stood. Uh, Approximately like three lines, like behind the bar. I mean, there was like three lines, <laughs> but he people. could still reach the yeah, drink. He, st- <laughs> he could still reach. Uh, I, I mean, his voice was so uh, not loud, but it's so overpowering everything else that mm-hmm. happened in the venue. And he was, you know, tipping good and all that. Not that that you know matters, but uh, but uh, I just remember his big smile and you know that he loved the drinks and he's like high five me like above mm-hmm. everybody else and you know. The fact that he was like three lines behind and he's like a giant just came in. Hey, and he's like, "What's your name?" So, oh, Michael. So, oh, cool. Good. I'll, I'll get back to you. Like, thank you so much, blah blah. And he got the drinks out, and then he like walked away and he turned around. Oh, fuck! It fucking tastes beautiful. Thank you. Cool. And uh, I mean, yeah, that was. Uh, I, I remember that very clearly. All right. Ah, oh, yeah. That sounds amazing. Okay. Cool pre-party the day before Super Bowl. Um. What about you? Oh, greatest guest. Um, you never served him, but you bumped into Daniele De Rossi mm, in the Taverna yeah. Trilusa in Rome. In right? Rome, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only time in my did life. You, did you when, buy him a drink? Um, no, I mean, I didn't really want to bother him. But f- first of all, I was so starstruck, and that's it's the only time I've ever been starstruck. And I met him before as well, and I was also so starstruck. So the first time I met him was on the street. So and your, I was, your brain wasn't rationally working. <laughs> exactly. No, but I uh, I was so nervous the first time. So I tried to take a picture of him together with my friend, but I was shaking so much. <laughs> so the, the pictures are all blurry, and I got so nervous, so I forgot to be in a picture myself. And the second time so I met him... So it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> so the second time... Uh, my friends told me that he was sitting in the outdoor patio of uh, Taverna Trilusa in Trastevere in Rome. And when they told me, I just became, you know, I don't know, paralyzed. I just wanted to go home. And they were like, no, 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 you need to say hi to him. You need to take a picture. And I was like, no, I don't want to bother him. And, you know, this, that. Uh, And when I finally... uh, found courage to go uh, walk up to him and, and, and talk to him, there was this little three, four-year-old kid like playing with him. So 
which was also weird. You know, you can't really just <laughs> walk up and like, hey, kid, move aside. <laughs> it's like stealing candy from a kid. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, okay, I had to back, back, go back inside into the into the restaurant. I had to f- find courage again to, you know, talk myself into it. But then, yeah, the second time I walked up to him and I actually told him about the first time that we met and he laughed about it uh, quite a lot. And you and accidentally call him Totti. I started asking about Totti actually, <laughs> which did. was a bit weird. But um, <laughs> well, no. But uh, so I didn't serve him anything. I didn't buy him a drink. But uh, what did you ask him about Totti? No, I told him that he needed to encourage Totti to play another season uh, because ah, okay. this was in the uh, you know a couple of years ago. It was like every year there was rumors about Totti. Is he going to continue playing or not? contracts renewal stuff you know um but then from a from a service point of view i think i've served the the swedish king a couple of times and that's uh uh i guess that's uh, what did you serve him actually the last time it was a american pinot noir i think a glass of wine wine, at a super cool private party but um no he's he's a lot of fun he's also you know always positive energetic he's a party starter for sure so he's uh, he he was he used to be a party party animal Mm, i can imagine (laughs) okay um what do you currently spend your money on nothing (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. S- saving up for Paris? Yeah, kind of saving up for Paris. You, you know, you know, with the situation with the the pandemic and all that, I just tend to be not a tight ass, not not at all, but just a bit more careful. Careful. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, on average, I mean, what I spend my money on is food and wine. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not. I'm not big. I mean, I I'll, I can't say I'm a fashionable dude or that i love fashion i have my style but uh uh i haven't bought clothes for months i can see that uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right fair <laughs> enough but uh no i mean food and wine books sometimes mm, yeah I, I like books i mean uh, b- b- books on cocktails and, and the industry and stuff like that but also other books yeah and before 2020 i guess travels yeah, travels. I mean, we were traveling a lot uh, in work, or we're really lucky, fortunate enough to travel a lot in work. But uh, yeah, every time uh, since my, my girlfriend is uh, from Australia, we go back at least once a year. But uh, obviously, uh, for reason, this is not happening this year. So mm. we're staying here. Uh, we're going to enjoy, hopefully, a, a white winter this year. Uh, yeah, but you know, one, the last thing I bought actually last week was a, a very nice bottle of uh, La Morra Barolo. Mm, uh, yeah. Which we can't drink for another 15, 20 years. <laughs> it kind of sucks. You're excited for the moment and then you kind of realize, okay, well, I'll see you, buddy. <laughs> I know, yeah. But that was the last, l- last you know, thing that I actually put uh, a, a decent amount of money on. Yeah, but I buy that's shit yeah. for, I buy shit for my son, like clothes and toys and shit. All right, like yeah. Okay, fair enough. But um yeah, wine is uh that's uh it's then you put your your money down for a good cause, I guess, even though if it's for a future investment. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um then you open the wine after fifteen years and it's fucking corked. Oh yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> Um, so looking back at your bartending career, 
Is there anything that you would like to change or is there anything that you regret? No, I the only thing maybe I would have loved to have a little more courage to do was I mean I'm, as I said before um, we are both from a small city up north called Umeå mm-hmm. so and I I moved in 1999 down to Stockholm to for, for a career like for career reasons to to develop as a bartender or develop in the industry and learn more and uh, and challenge myself more and and uh, and work uh in a bigger city with uh with more you know guests or you know a higher level potentially i mean today uh there's so many good bars up in Umeå uh and in in Stockholm as well but uh so i kind of did a big move from from a small city to a bigger city um uh but my my dream at the time was to move to london or i mean to new york but london was easier because it was in the eu back then uh, so you could move freely, you know what I mean? And it was easy to get a job there, and Swedes were loved in London because uh, we were hardworking people. And uh, and uh, I, I actually did go to London in 2002, finally, after after a few years in, in Stockholm. I, I moved to London uh, with the uh, the goal to to stay there for a while and, and uh, work a few bars. And I got a job, actually. Uh, I was uh, uh, pitched myself for a job, and I, I left my CV, and I went to an interview, and I got a job uh, at a bar called The Jewel. Uh, I think it was located around Piccadilly Circus. Uh, I'm not sure if it's around anymore, but at the time, it was a, it was a, it was a hyped-up uh, opening. And But the opening was postponed, uh, and I just happened to be like in t- fucking Twilight Zone there for a while. Uh, I was working a few bars, Neva Joe's, uh, uh, did a few shifts at, uh, uh, what's this nightclub? Uh, Trafalgar Square, no, not Trafalgar Square. It's, uh, uh, I can't even remember. <laughs> 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 okay, how old did you say you were? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, one, one of those big famous nightclubs. Uh, uh, I did a few shifts. Uh, it w- wasn't really my type of bartending i really mm-hmm. needed a job mm-hmm. but it wasn't my type of bartending but anyway i, I kind of slacked around for a bit uh and then uh, uh a few friends of mine from back home uh reached out to me and said hey w- within like three months we're gonna go on a massive voyage mm-hmm. around the world we're gonna travel around the world uh are you excited to come with us and i said like, oh fuck yeah uh so i ditched london uh, and i went back to sweden Worked my ass off for three months, and then we traveled for seven months. It was uh, great. But to your question, uh, I I don't really super regret it, but I, I would have loved to work at a, a really good place in London or anywhere abroad uh, f- for a while. Mm, all right. I, I kind of half did it, but uh, yeah. But then I, I traveled a lot to London. I traveled a lot you know to new york and uh, throughout the world i mean our colleague our business partner joel yeah in 2007 after we worked uh, uh for a year uh, or two years at a bar that we opened here in stockholm called kung solman uh that was a, a, an amazing place uh, to open for us and uh, after two years there he we got him hooked up with uh sasha through our our uh, colleague uh, was a nevis fate that used to work uh, in london for for Jonathan Downey, but also uh, was she was uh, involved in uh, Milk and Honey in London, so she knew Sasha, and uh, and uh, uh, so with that connection, uh, Joel went to New York, uh, and he actually worked 
for a few months or six months, half a year at uh, Little Branch Milk and Honey and was that White Star? Mm, was it called uh, White Star? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, later yeah. became Painkiller New York. Was that? No, was, was that? that? Uh, I, 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 no. Painkiller was my called memory. East Side Company before. Was that East Side Company? Sorry, I think yeah, so, yeah. 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 So but that, White great, Star yeah. was something else. Yeah, no, East Side Company bar. That's <coughs> where he was as well. All right. And then he was working at uh, Milk and Honey and Little Branch. Uh, but also, I remember, I, w- I wasn't jealous, but I was uh, <laughs> kind of a mix between a li- little bit jealous and uh, proud, I guess, mm. and excited for, for his Yeah, of course. Sake. But I mean, we've been... And then he came back and we started a business, which is great. Exactly. And uh, I guess we've been doing so many different cool events all over the globe. So you've it, it sort, almost, yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, worked overseas from time to time anyways, Absolutely. right? <laughs> I mean, I, I did a bunch of events in New York and, and, and London as well and uh, all over the world. So yes, with, with all the events and all the travel, it kind of feels we've been working abroad. Yeah, that's very, very true. All right. Um, Is there anything you regret, Jacob? Uh, I try not to be a, a, a regretting type of person. I uh, constantly look forward and uh, find new possibilities. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, oh, that's, a, that's good. No, but uh, now I wouldn't say regret, but I guess one thing when I was younger, I, I should have been, but that's. It's that's about you know maturing and getting you know. Uh, well, you still have a far way to go then. I, I I know no, but when I was between I don't know twenty twenty five, I could have been a little bit more focused, I guess. Um, with that said, I I guess no, I don't know, no, I don't regret anything. Jacob, stay close to me. Okay, I'll make you famous. Thank you, <laughs> as our friend <laughs> Robert Sarman used to say. <laughs> Um, okay, I think uh, I think that's it for for today. That's yep. the uh, introduction. So hopefully you guys uh, at you least got to know Michael a little bit better. Uh, I'm uh, to to get to know me. That's uh, maybe in the future. Who it's knows? <laughs> well, exactly. I'll, I'll crack you in the future episodes. You 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 have cracked me. You crack me every day. Uh, no, but if you if you guys have any questions, uh, please let us know. You can email us uh, to podcast at bartenderschoice.se or just reach out on social media, Instagram, for instance. Uh, our account is Bartenders Choice Awards. And uh, I guess that's it for, for today. And the next episode is going to be uh, when we start... Uh the series uh, about the categories of the Bartender's Choice Awards this year, right? Yes, exactly. So we're going to do one episode per category and kind of dig into uh, the, the the topic of the category, exactly. whether it's a cocktail bar or a bartender or a menu or, or a publication, etc. Exactly. Which is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's, it's going to be super fun. Cool. Thank you so much for, lot, for listening. Talk to you soon. Ciao. Arrivederci. Skål. <laughs>